Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 1, Chapter 17, On Life in a Monastery. There is a great deal to be done by way of breaking yourself in. If you mean to preserve peace and harmony when you are living in community, to enter a monastery or a congregation, live there without reproach, and be true to your vocation till death, all that is a serious undertaking. No greater happiness than to live a holy life in a cell and make a good end. But do you mean to hold your own and get the best out of it? Then you must carry yourself like an exile that has no home in this world. You must be Christ's fool if you want to live the life of a religious, to take the habit, to get the tonsure, does not carry you far. What makes you a real religious is the changing of your life, is dying completely to your own inclinations. If you came here looking for something that wasn't just God and the salvation of your soul, you mustn't expect to find anything but trouble of mind and unhappiness. Another thing, you will be a disturbing influence before long unless you make up your mind to take the lowest place and be at everybody's disposal. You came here to obey orders, not to issue them. A vocation means having a hard time and doing honest work, not loitering about and gossiping. This place is meant to test people, like the furnace in which you try gold. Only one thing will help you to stand up to the test. Wholehearted self-abasement for the love of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. O sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, choices of priests, mirror of the divine life, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why does a young man, a young woman, try to join a monastery or a religious community? Thomas Akempis says there has to be one reason, looking for God, looking for God. And the second reason, or the same reason, but the other side of the coin is the salvation of your soul. Now, how can we be looking for God? Well, because as we've seen so far in this book, we're seeking to grow in greater and greater intimacy with God, greater knowledge of God. We're looking for God in the sense of looking for contemplation of God. We're looking for God to give himself to us in a deeper way, to grow in this loving knowledge of him, this friendship with him, this intimacy with him. So yes, you would only go to a monastery because you already know God in some way, you already must love him a lot to give your life to a monastery. But that's the beginning. 
But that's also the end. We're here to look for God. We're here for union with God. We're here to save our souls. Now, those that are not in monasteries, or those that don't even want to be in a monastery, why is this chapter important for us? Because what the monk, the religious, the nun, reminds everyone about is the primacy of God, the primacy of our bond with Jesus Christ. We so easily forget in the events of this world that in the end, we all have to make the same choice that a monk makes. Before we die, we have to give away everything. We can't take anything with us. Can't take our spouse with us. We can't take our children with us. We can't take any possessions with us. This world is a preparation for the next world. This world is a place for which we can find God, because if we don't find God here, then we won't have him in eternity. And so part of the vocation in a monastery is to point the way for the rest of us. Now, he says something very interesting today. He says, the greatest happiness is to live a holy life in a cell and make a good end. In other words, even in this life, the greatest happiness we'll find is in a holy life. And what's a holy life? A holy life is doing the will of God. A holy life is loving God and keeping his commandments. And those commandments are not burdensome. And those commandments are not just general. They're specific commandments that each of us has. Following the path the Lord has set for us. In quiet, in stillness. That's where true happiness and peace is found. But the main thing is to persevere. He mentions a good end. He mentions being true to your vocation till death. Because it's not he who begins well that's saved, our Lord says, but he who perseveres to the end. And then what are the means to persevering in this holy life? Well, you have to think of this world as an exile. And in other words, yes, there's a certain happiness, but at the same time, it's hard. It's a hard place. And that reminds us that we are not in our true home. We're somehow away from it. And then we have to be, another means is a little humor. He says to be Christ's fool. In other words, we have to be willing to be thought a little bit crazy by other people. We have to be willing to be laughed at. We have to even be willing to laugh at ourselves. Not take ourselves too seriously. Take God seriously, yes. Take other people seriously, our duties to them, yes. But ourselves, huh, we're kind of a joke sometimes. And then what does he say? Don't make external things the main thing in your life. And this applies to everyone. Yes, to become a monk, you get the special clothing. You traditionally got a tonsure, which is cutting of your hair in five places for the five wounds of Christ. Okay? But becoming a true Christian is not fundamentally about wearing a crucifix or wearing a certain habit or dressing in a certain way. The most important thing is changing our life, dying to what we want in our old way. Dying to the old man, the inclinations of the old man, which were selfish, which were forgetting what other people. And he says, in a community, you either will grow towards God. This is why it's called a state of perfection. The monastery leads us towards perfection. It doesn't mean that everyone there is perfect. It means the life is set up to lead to perfection, to speed everything up. The life in a monastery is like a intensification of the Christian life. 
Everything that happens in the world at a slower pace happens more quickly in a monastery. And you either are on that train going towards God and becoming happy, or you're miserable and you're making other people miserable. Why? Because you keep trying to put yourself forward. Instead of taking the lowest place, instead of being at other people's disposal, one comes to be served. And that, in the end, is what real clericalism is. We talk about clericalism is a bad thing. A clericalism is when the cleric, the priest, the monk, sets himself up in a monastery or in a parish to be served. That his priesthood, his religious life, is seen by the priest, the monk, as a means of being served, rather than as an authority, as a vocation given by God to build up the church, to serve, to feed, to nourish, to comfort, to heal. God raises up monks, not for their own sake primarily, but gives them a certain charism to be a light shining in the church, to direct us towards heaven. He gives us priests to feed us with the sacraments and the word of God. But whatever our vocation, married, single, religious, priest, the path to happiness with God is obedience and wholehearted self-abasement, wholehearted humility, putting yourself below God, lowering yourself, trying to seek his will, trying not to follow your own will, but his will. And what's the motivation? The love of God, friendship with God. We want to give ourselves to God in friendship. We want to know that he loves us and we want to love him. We want to share with him our lives so that he can, as he shares his life with us. That's what love of God is, sharing our life, giving our life to him and his giving his life to us. This is my commandment, Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. And he said that at the Last Supper. And what did he do at the Last Supper? He gave us himself in the Eucharist. Loving is self-giving. Loving God is giving ourselves to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.